Hello! And welcome to the Carry On Spying episode of Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, we've just finished watching. I think I start all the episodes in exactly the same way. Tonight we have been enjoying... Well, have we been enjoying... Have have tonight we've been enjoying Carry On Spying, Fiona? I loved it. You loved it. Oh, so much improvement over last time. Over Jack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had most of the people I like in it. Okay. And it was a proper carry-on film. What's a proper carry-on film? I don't know. I just thought it had all the style. Um, I liked it being in black and white. You never thought you'd hear me say that. Yeah. Um, and just the, the basics of, of the carry-on film. But um, And I like the storyline. I must admit, I probably enjoyed the storyline more at the beginning than when it just became into a farce. You know I'm not a big fan of You're farces. not a big fan of farce. It did end up as a farce, didn't it? Well, there was a lot of chasing and running about, but yeah. that is what tends to happen at the end of films like this. Yes, I know. But, um, but no, I liked it. I did, enjoyed it. Did you think it was a good spoof? On the likes of the Bond films? Um, you're certainly British, mm-hmm. which is an element of the Bond films. Mm-hmm. Um, you what? know, there's a lot of things in there that, like the, the baddie that uh-huh. you didn't see, you just saw the back of the chair. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah. So, what other what bits were like a Bond film? Um, like the bit with the, the sort of M character at the beginning getting um, the sort of mission. Yes. Going to exotic places. Where there are belly dancers. Where there are obviously belly dancers, yeah. Yes. Um, yes, and people dressing up, mm-hmm. chasing other people, um, different modes of transport. Mm hmm. Falling out of a train and getting back in again. That's mm-hmm. a bit bondish. Um, and. And all ending up in the top secret headquarters. Yes. Filled with henchmen. And sexy robot women. Hench women. Well, the interesting thing about that is, when this film was made, mm. there hadn't really been sexy henchwomen in Bond films. Oh, really? This film was made at the same time as Goldfinger. Right. Which is really the first time there are sexy henchwomen. But it's very, very similar to the... Do you think it inspired an <laughs> element of the it, Bond film? I think it might just, have been, um, might just have been coincidental. Yeah. But I think it had one thing that the Bond films never had, which I think they, which I think they might have had, which was, um, and we might be getting straight into some of the more thorny topics here, uh, Dr. Crow, the transgender character, Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Let's get straight into the thorny topics. Is that thorny? Well, as in... It, it, why wasn't Hattie Jakes playing it? That's what I want to know. Well, that's a good question. Do you think that was the Hattie Jakes Yeah, why role? wasn't Joe Sims the other one? Well, we haven't seen Joan Sims for quite a while now, I have know. we? I know, she must have really pissed them off. <laughs> or, you know, had other work. Well, she should have been taking this work. <laughs> But we know they pay them nothing. Still. 
This is the carry-on. You're a cult icon. But the carry-ons weren't the carry-ons at this point. I know, I know. But um, but no, I do think they should have been playing those parts. Though, I did think uh, the singing woman, whatever she was. Dillis Lee as Leela. She was very good. And she was good at being a non-carry-on character, mm-hmm. a straight woman or what you might, might call it. And she was sexy and she was she was very good at the character. I liked her. When, you know, she by the end of it, she was a goodie. But there wasn't any indication of why she became a goodie or when she, she became a goodie. She was always a goodie. a goodie. Was she? I thought she was undercover. Deep cover? Because uh-huh. she almost killed Karen Williams by him jumping out of the train. Yeah, she just wanted the formula for her organisation. Oh, for Snog. Yeah. Oh, I see. She was just like a third, a mm. third organisation. I think so. Oh, I'm not sure if Bond's ever done that either, which no. is interesting. Well, maybe more recently, but uh, that's interesting. Um, so, uh, when it started, the first thing you commented on was one of the people in the t- whose name is Bat! Barbara Windsor. Yay, we've hit my era <laughs> You feel we're in proper carry-ons now. Yes. Though, mm-hmm. so, we haven't got Sid James in this one. No. Um, yeah, so I think she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. In this film? Yes. Um, she's quite, she is quite young, isn't she? Mm-hmm. But she, uh, well, I always like a feisty woman. She wasn't, um... Flutting her eyelids and falling in love with people, as most of the mm-hmm. female characters tend to. Um, she. What was quite interesting was that scene about we're all men here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm too upset about it, because he just wanted to make them all equals and not mm-hmm. treat them any different. So that was quite novel. But then she wasn't allowed to go out. But then all the way through the, the film, she was treated totally different. But then she proved them all wrong, which I loved as well. Yes. Um, so yes, I loved all of that, and I like. She was also the only one who was in any way a decent spy. Yes. Well, that I... had a lot to do with her photographic memory and its excellent sound that it made <laughs> on a camera. <laughs> yes, but she um, she was also very good at the risque, sexy bits. Mm-hmm. Um. Well performed, I thought, in terms of the timing of that and all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I still can't have Kenneth Williams being a sexy character. No. No, it's not doing it for me. You weren't. You and weren't. even trying to be convinced that he'd be interested in women was quite hard. <laughs> so, um, Hawtree didn't try to be a sexy character. He was still interested in women, though. I know, that was also odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... He was brilliant. I'm glad he was in it. That's, mm-hmm. I think having Kenneth Williams, Barbara Windsor and Hawtrey was enough to make me happy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoyed the Cribbins. The Cribbins, uh-huh. I thought he was better in this than he was in the last mm-hmm. one. Um, bit more, a bit, a bit of a better part for him in terms of being the sort of action man. He was also more stupid. integrated with the rest of them somehow. Mm-hmm. They were like a gang. Mm-hmm. So... That was good. Um, where's Kenneth Connor? Where's Kenneth Connor? No Kenneth Connor character in this. No. Who or was there a Kenneth Connor character? Um. Was the Cribbins character? Yeah. The Kenneth Connor character. I don't think you'll ever have both of them mm-hmm. because they are 
similar kind of. I think Kenneth Connor might have been good as Milchman. Yes. Slightly different kind of character from a straight yeah. role, or even as um, Carstairs, the Jim Dale role. Oh, I like Jim Dale. Mhm. I liked him in this. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned Victor Madden, but then you never mentioned him again, and you didn't realise that he was, in fact, the first person that we were watching at that point. So you said you recognised him, but I'm not sure you was did. Was he the milkman? He was milkman. Milchman. No, I don't know. No, okay. And you also noted, and indeed there were songs. But that's because there was a singer in it, and she had Mm -hmm. to sing something that was copyright free, wasn't it? Well, but was a song, yeah. Yeah. But they were good. Yeah, you enjoyed the songs? I enjoyed the songs. They weren't particularly featured. She was a good singer as well. She was a good singer. I'm not sure if it was actually her that was singing. I think think it was, but I'm not not sure. Um, Will we go through... Uh, the, laughs. Your laughs, mainly in the first half of the film. I I, I did enjoy the first half more. I found this. I did. I, I mean, I found it gripping, but then the second half became farcical, so I didn't laugh out loud to that because mm. I don't find it funny. Okay. Um, don't be like that, Chief. Was the first laugh, which was uh, Kenneth yeah. Williams, um, when he was when he'd been in the store, the filing cabinet overnight. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I, I really like this film, and I think some bits of it are really funny, just thinking about them. Can I, just on the cabinet? Yeah. So we're in the headquarters, and the top man of a spy organisation. The Secret Service, yes. The Secret Service. So, stenciled onto the cabinet is, cabinet agent's top secret. Yes. As if they, they want to shout where all their secret items are. Why, why did it need to be labelled? Things need to be labelled. You've got stencils on that to do things with. Mm. <laughs> but no, it was. Um, the next was one. It, sorry. Was that when Kevin said he said you've got plenty to do? Oh, you're right. When I've been in there all night, you basically I need <laughs> <Yes>. a slash. <laughs> a slash. What a charm are we are putting it to, Anna? Just been one of the lads. All right. Okay. All right, lads. Feels one of us now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll come on to the comedy sexual assault later, I think. Um, uh, the uh, the next laugh was um, Richard Waters' character, who was the kind of second in command. Um, that Simpkins, I wish the other side would make him a decent offer. Oh, yeah, that was good. Did you like Richard Waters as the second in command? Yes. You know that the, the, the chief was Eric Barker, who you enjoyed so much in, yeah, no, he was in good. Sergeant? Uh-huh. Okay. The very name Daphne Honeybutt did oh, laugh. Oh, it did. <laughs> Which that... was also Bondish. Yes, yes, yes it was, yeah. But in a carry-on style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, not really a, something that um, Bond had done yet. Oh, really? Sort of funny names. There was really, well, Honey Rider, but I suppose the books had done it. Because the books... Yes, yeah, so you can't really think that... But the films on. hadn't. Yeah, Carry On didn't create it. No, I know, but I think it's, it was very forward-looking, mm. Carry On Spy. So much so that, in fact, apparently the title was copyrighted um, before the first Bond film came out, but after the producers heard that this, well, knew that this Bond film would be made to be made in the same place. Um, and that it was it looked like it was going to be good. I know we're doing laughs, but while I remember, uh-huh. they had, like, shots of London at the beginning. Yeah. That's and not- Vienna. And Algiers. I thought they were just stock footage. footage. 
Were they also? I think British? London might have been too. Uh, <laughs> they're pushing the motor. But I did think. I mean, all the the scenes in Vienna that were obviously not Vienna. Not Vienna. But you're not in the same uh, estate in near Pinewood Studio. Oh, not the same housing estate. No, no. no. So uh, I think they were branching out in the production element mm-hmm. of it. But another thing that they would do, and again, using you know taking genre films as a way of doing this is they would use sets that already existed in Pinewood. Right. So they wouldn't be paying so much to yeah. construct like the Casbah um, and, and the kind of sort of cobbled street. Kind of, there would be cobbled streets yeah. that they would be able to knock up, knock together. Uh, Charles Hawtrey got a, got a laugh with his, hello, the very first time he, arrived, he appeared. Love it. But you didn't get a bit of... See, another thing that I think is really funny is, what's your number? Double O. Oh. You what? Well, they took one look at me and went, oh, oh. Oh. I think that's really funny. It is funny. His code name being Yellow Peril. Let's get a laugh now. I love it. Uh, when they were all saying goodbye and then the chief left his own office. Yeah. Well, even though that could be seen coming on my life. I know, but I enjoyed it still. Uh, then when we got to Vienna, when uh, Cribbins was trying to break into the warehouse and pick a big run oh. it and the door was open already. Yeah. But she doesn't like farce, remember. <laughs> um, and then in Algiers... Uh, or Alga. Or Algar, well, that the map read Algar, didn't it? Maybe yeah. that is how you write Algiers in, in Algeria. Um, although the, the other cultural references would suggest that they maybe hadn't done all of the ref, all of the uh, the research into uh, into Algiers. Um, uh, when the uh, girls went into Hakim's funhouse, mm-hmm. let's call it what it is, the brothel. Mm-hmm. Um, they are women. So am I," said Daphne. No, you're not," said uh, Harold. "Yes, she is," said uh, said Charlie Bind, and uh, you had a good chuckle at that as well. Uh, and then Cribbins playing his uh, bazooki lute when he was in drag, while the comedy sexual assault was about to it take was, place. He 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 just did it with such vigour and enthusiasm to play this lute, <laughs> and so badly, but it was just a charming. So that was your laughs. Um, was there enough for it to be a film? Oh yes, enough for it to be a film. Although then it died off, so maybe enough for it to be half a film. Uh, for the first half it was maybe, funny. Maybe, maybe that's what we should call it. And then it stopped being funny. Uh, I was surprised. I first saw this film, um, and indeed you would probably still be able to see it now, in an afternoon showing on BBC One. You're surprised how rude it was. Well, I'm surprised it contains dope cigarettes. Dope, it was mentioned, it was named Dope Cigarettes. Was it? Yes. When, um, in the Cafe Mozart, when they were trying to pass the message to Milchman, mm-hmm. they put it in the cigarette box, but Kenneth Williams inadvertently intercepted it, mm-hmm. and the girl tried to give him one packet, and she go, mm. he goes, no, those are the ones that have got some in them, you know, those dope cigarettes. I just thought he meant drugged. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think no. I think he meant dope, uh, and the fact that it was you know some of the scenes revolved quite clearly around a brothel, and and you know non consensual sex in a brothel. Yeah, but it was a, it was a different. Well, let's move on to it a different time because really that comes into this part as well. Um, there are a funny lot about women out here, followed immediately by browning up. 
Well, yes. Probably less obvious in a black and white film, but yes. Although when you saw it, it was like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, Then the comedy sexual assault uh, came around. Uh, uh, And then the Dr. Dr. Crow transgender. It wasn't treated... It probably was treated quite insensitively, but it wasn't treated as insensitively as it might have been. No. But it certainly wasn't treated as sensitively as it might have been, as it would be now. Yes, probably. Really didn't bother me that. What, the treatment or the fact that Dr. Crow was transgender? Neither. Either. Okay. Do you think it would have bothered people at the time? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to predict when you're in the different time. Things seem so normal and unquestioning. Mm-hmm. Much as other things we now look back on and see as, how did they not complain about that? Mm. But you just don't when when you when it's portrayed as the norm. So um, I don't know. I think people just went along with it. Oh. And I wouldn't have that actress back that did Doctor. Oh, would you not? No. Even though she'd actually been in one before. Did I like her? Uh, not really. She was uh, she was in the back of a cab in Cabby. Right. And she was the headmistress of the school that um, Kenneth Williams was uh, teaching at, or was supposed to be teaching, taking on a tour of London in regardless. All oh, right. Um, right. Uh, okay, so let's have a look and see who was good, who wasn't good, etc. Well... Ken Williams I enjoyed, but maybe not his best. Oh, right, okay. A slightly different character from last time. I mean, I did More like... More sort of fun, Kenneth Williams. Yeah, really. I, I did like him go, oh, you're awful, or, or that kind of, you know, typical Ken Williams phrase. Stop messing about. Stop messing I about. Mean, literally his catchphrase. Yes. He used it twice. Dillis Lee used it once. No. But um, I just didn't like his wetness as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he was meant to be a spy. But, I, you know, he was good. Mm-hmm. Babs loved her. Mm-hmm. I think she was far and away the best thing about yeah. this film. Uh, excellent. Uh, Bernard Cribbins. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. Still not... He, he's kind of... It's, it's almost as if he's like, you're too funny for these roles, because these roles are kind of straight. Mm. The sort of yeah. handsome hero type role. Yeah. Uh, Charles Hawtrey is Charlie Bates. Yes, I loved him. Yeah, yeah. Eric Barker as the chief. I enjoyed him. Lewis Lee as Leela. Yeah, she was good, though it should have been Sims. Okay. Jim Dale as Carstairs. Yes, I liked him. Richard Wattis as Cobbley. Yeah, I liked him too. Eric Pullman as the fat man. Ah, he wasn't much to him, was there? Well, he was a big star. He was... Was he? He's, he's actually been... There's something where he's actually... He might have been in more Oscar-winning films than anybody else. Oh, right. Although well, not for himself. I'm sure... I mean, he acted but fine. But he's, he's in a lot of these kind of films, the kind of pre-Bond spy films that oh, they were also right. taken... Uh, kind of third man kind of thing. Uh-huh. Victor Madden as Milchman. No, I didn't particularly take to him. Judith Furst as Dr. Crow. No, I didn't like her. John Bluthall as the head waiter. Oh, I don't think he was enough of a character to comment. Well, maybe not as the head waiter, but he actually was the voice of Dr. Crow to make it a bit more oh. masculine. Yeah. Uh, do you, you recognise him? No. He was in The Vicar of Dibley. He was... Uh, Mr. Pickles, the caretaker. I didn't really watch the Vicar of Dibley, so... The no, 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 no. No, not the no, 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 men. Well, sort of the most normal of the oh, right. of the other people in the Vicar of Dibley. 
Um, I don't think we're going to discuss anybody uh, else. It was a big cast, though. Yeah, quite a big cast. Uh, Hugh Futcher as the Bed of, Bed of Nails native. No, he'll come back in a moment um, when we play the <laughs> Who's Dead, Who's yeah, Alive right. game. Uh, so, Kenneth Williams. Dead. <laughs> I have to go through this every time. Kenneth Williams is dead. We might... We might just take the ones dead as red from okay. now on, the main guys. Barbara Windsor. Hello. Hooray. The Cribbins. Hello. Yes. Charles Hawtrey. Dead. Eric Barker. Dead. Dillis Lee. Dead. Jim Dale. Did you say he was dead last time? No, he's still alive. Alive, okay. Richard Wattis. Dead. Eric Pullman. Dead. Victor Madden. Alive. Dead. Judith First. Dead. John Bluthall. Alive. Alive, alive, oh! Uh, and the only other one who is alive, which is why I pointed him out, is Bed of Nails Man. Of Nails Man. Okay. That's okay. a bit sad. Some of those are quite young in this film. Yeah, 50 years ago they were quite young. I know, young. but still. You saw many, but you see, I think one of the things you notice in the carry-on films generally is how much people smoked. Yeah, that's true. Because everybody was smoking at all times, basically. So they deserve to be dead. No, but might be part of the reason why they're mm. dead. And of course, not just you. Even if you didn't smoke, everybody around about you was smoking. Yeah, that's true. So, so um, as I said to you before we did this podcast, maybe not with a lot of thinking time. No, but all right. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned, this is kind of the end of an era of carry on. It's half time. <laughs> Something like that. If only you, we really were halfway through. Um, <laughs> Half term of a six year. <laughs> yeah, halfway through a six year odyssey. Um, now, unfortunately, you said you quite liked this one being in black and white. Oh, is this the? But end this of is the last black and white carry on. Oh, okay then. So, how? What are your reflections on the, the the films so far? I, on average, enjoyed more than I didn't enjoy. It was mainly last week that I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Did you think you were going to? Do, did you enjoy them more than you thought? You were going to, or less? I I enjoyed them more than I thought. I thought I would struggle more with the early ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're good films. Mm. So um, They keep your interest. They keep your interest. Um, And there's a lot to comment on because of it being dated. And I'm wondering, as we get later on, whether there'll there'll always be things that will raise an eyebrow. Mm -hmm. But... The society issues are probably going to get less and less. Mm. So we'll see. Okay. And um, what's been your favourite of the films we've seen so far? I think it's Carry On Regardless. Regardless? Mm. Mm. I like Cabbie too. Mm -hmm. And I like the one we just saw, but only the first half. Yes, the first half was by... Um, but no, I think it was Carry On Regardless. I think it just caught me a bit by surprise because it was not a, you know, it wasn't a army or a hospital or a whatever else they'd mm-hmm. chosen. It was a bit different way of looking at it. I thought that was quite good. And the folk were the right folk. And yes. Mm-hmm. I think what, what we've kind of got to at this point is, and maybe because of the way cinema has changed since then, uh, it, we don't we we don't quite appreciate it quite so much. Is we're now into spoofing kinds of films mm. rather than you know doing stories about somebody's life, yeah. you know about working. So like naval films 
were a thing. Yeah. You know, Mutiny on the Bounty type stuff. So, you know, Jack was, you know, there's a, there's a sort of, the cinema goers of 1963 would know about, these are films about sort of great naval battles. Yeah. They would know about spy films. So, mm-hmm. um, and that will, that becomes a rich seam over the next few films yeah. of. Take the piss out of other films. Out of different kinds of films. Yeah. So, who's your ideal carry on cast? Kenneth Williams, mm-hmm. Sid James, mm-hmm. Charles Hawtrey, Hattie Jakes, Joan Sims, Kenneth Connor, Eric Barker, Barbara Windsor, Jim Dale, Jim Dale, and who who's been who's had a major role would you not want to see again? Well, Cyril Chamberlain, who was in a well, lot of Well, he's never really had a major role. Um, the women that I haven't mentioned. Oh, like the, the, like the Shirley Eaton type yeah. women. Okay. Um, Bill Owen. You never liked Bill Owen. No. And the few he was in. Two minds about Bernard Cribbins. I don't think you can have Bernard Cribbins and Kenneth Connor. I'd always choose Kenneth Connor. You'd pick Kenneth Connor yeah. over Do you think there's any particular kind of character or actor that they're missing? Oh, sorry. um, Ding dong. Leslie Phillips. Leslie Phillips. I'd have him as well. He's got a long wait. Um, (laughs) But I think... I just think they need to play the people they've got in their right character. Mm -hmm. So, Kenneth Williams... I think being a snooty type mm-hmm. suits him best. Right. Um, Better than the sort of enthusiastic puppy doggish Kenneth Williams that we had. Yeah, here. yeah. But I'd still have the stop mucking about and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and Jane Sims being the sort of funny woman. Mm-hmm. Um Hattie Jakes be, being funny as well, but almost like a, a um, someone in charge. Authority figure. Authority figure, that's okay. what I was looking for. Um, but, 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 but. Kenneth Connor is kind of always the same character, that's kind of why. The Kenneth Connor character. The Kenneth Connor character. And Sid James being the laughing, slightly leery man that he is. That's all, you think that's okay for him to be the. Slightly leery man that he is. Yeah, I think so. Or the slightly leery man that he's been so far. I think, I mean, the the element of titillation is part of the carry-on films, and I think he does it well being leery, mm-hmm. as opposed to chasing around women around a brothel who don't want to have sex with you. Mm. You know, there, there's a line there. He, he's on the lovable side of it. I, I mean, I don't want to defend... The, the comedy sexual assault that we've just watched, but yeah, was in the reality in the reality of the film, your boy, the fat man, had gone to a brothel, yes, and had picked out a girl from a brothel. I'm now, not saying he was wrong in the thing for doing it. It's whether it needed to be in the oh, in this in, in the, the film. film at all. I see. No, I I, I get it. I understand. Do you think it? Do you think films like this and their repetition over the years 
have reinforced a, a, a poor and dangerous, potentially, stereotype of women and their role in... I think the society was like that and the film reflected it. I don't think the film would influence society. It was the other way around. Oh, well, I mean, you know, the fact that, we, you know, the fact that we, these are the films that we see now. Do you think that has a bearing on how... how men think about women no i think it's probably exposes how rubbish it used to be i don't think it influences people now okay interesting there you go okay so um i'm glad you enjoyed it and does that mean that we will be you haven't asked me my next question which was what do you think the next carry-ons are going to be what do you think the next carry-ons are going to be well i'm thinking seeing as we're Chasing the Times. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if there's like a Carry On Free Love or mm. Carry On Hippie or something like that. <laughs> carry On Hippie. <laughs> I take it there isn't from your reaction. No, I, well, there might be. But, um, and and I did say there was going to be foreign travel. Now, obviously, the spy film was a different yeah. genre, but yeah, they yeah. did go abroad and have mm-hmm. the blacking up and the belly dancing that's obligatory. The belly dancing, which is, it, it is the universal signifier of any foreign culture mm-hmm. south of Spain uh, and pretty much all the way over to, well, almost to India, probably, mm. and possibly even India gets belly dancing um, as well. So Now, I know this was a spy film, but it didn't really touch on it. I wonder if there's any sort of Cold War element mm. coming up. Mm. So, or Vietnam. Interesting. Cuban Missile Crisis, all the things oh, that might be happening. Those kind of films. Yeah, or at least uh, the people's reaction to it mm-hmm. um, with the bunkers and all that kind of thing. I don't know. We'll okay. see. Well, we can we can look out for that, you know, Cold War paranoia. Uh, if if we watch any more. If we watch anymore, well, do, are you indicating that it's time to ask that question? Yeah, maybe it is. So, are we going to carry on? Yes, because we are. Hooray! Well, uh, get in touch with us uh, if you would like to, to give your thoughts on uh, Carry On Spying or about the films in general, but the podcast in general, uh, at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at carryonpodcast. Uh, and all that remains is to say uh, we'll speak to you next time when we carry on up the missus. Bye! Bye! Carry on! Regardless.